Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a mock. We haven't done one in a few days, and Yahoo rearranged their board again. This one, uh, I can tell you, looking at the the uh, window that I haven't yet put on screen, starts in about a minute. Uh, no, sorry, about two minutes or so. Um, wanted to quickly throw a couple things in everybody's face before we get started here. Number one, we have this new Yahoo board to deal with, so that's going to be a focal point, but this is not a recon mock. This is a can we build out a team mock, at least we'll go five, six, seven rounds deep, something like that, provided the people in this draft actually stick it out. Uh, other fun little footnote, you'll notice this once I share the window, the great Rhett Bauer head of our dynasty content here at Sports Ethos, is also in the mock draft. He and I happen to be chatting on Slack as this thing got fired up, so uh, we'll see what he's got up his sleeve as well. Uh, I see some other folks from my uh, my Twitter throngs are in here, so that's fun. Let's have a blast, man. I'm in the two-hole, um, and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to do some more recon mocks as the week goes on. They won't all be like this one where I'm actually working on a team because I do want to see how some of these adjustments shook out, and I'm going to be talking about them as we go through. Also, the uh, actual episode of my Fantasy NBA Today podcast, which will come later this afternoon, is going to be on the shifts in the Yahoo board. Their pre-ranks create uh, so much of how drafts go, and there you can see the the window now thrown up on your screen on YouTube. That's... I don't want to say everything, but that's the way people see the board. The way that you see it on your YouTube screen right now is the way that people see the draft board. I'll try to make the the text a little bit bigger for you. So that's the way that you're going to see players come off the board regularly. Hopefully we've got still three people that haven't joined up yet, so hopefully we get one or two of those uh, to pop in. If we have three auto-drafts, I'm only going about 60 picks deep. If we can get this down to two or one, we'll go a little bit deeper than that. Uh, This is, again, more about what we're doing, certainly towards the front end. I I don't want to get too deep into the weeds in, and there's one of the, the, uh, two of the three remaining teams are now in it. Um, Because it's a mock, I don't think that there's as much value in going all the way, you know, 130, 140 picks because I don't think people are doing exactly what they do in a normal scenario and you start to get this feeling like, oh, I'm always going to get all the guys I want. doesn't work out that way. I, I, I think the end of a draft is nice to do when you're in a real one, and I'll certainly show some of those as we do them. I won't be talking quite as much about it, but uh, that's where you really start to test your metal. I won't be doing those live. I can tell you that because if there's money on it, it'll be probably a recorded show. And if I sound like an idiot, I just won't post it. I am, of course, at Dan Bespris. Let's quickly make that bigger on the screen for folks that aren't listening but are actually watching. At D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. That's over on Twitter. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. And as we count down to first pick on the mock draft, I want to remind everybody that Sports Ethos, as of yesterday, has the website's first ever Live Draft Tracker Tool. I'm trying to figure out a way to show that on one of these mock drafts. I I couldn't figure it out in time to do this one. But I promise you we'll get a demo going of that at some point. It's the first time that Sports Ethos has taken that foray into the uh, data analysis tools realm of the universe. 
And it's amazing. It's in the NBA Fantasy Pass, which you can get in the NBA's Fantasy Pass, the All Sport Fantasy Pass, or any bundles that include a Fantasy Pass. It's my turn at two. Jokic went one. You guys know me. I think Joel Embiid is going to be the number one player in fantasy basketball this year on a per-game basis, so I'm going his direction at two. Yes, even over the mighty Luka Doncic. Uh, I get it. Luka's a really easy player to build around on the head-to-head side. I don't trust his fitness all that much more than I do Joel Embiid's. Those two guys played exactly the same number of games last year. I know Embiid was gunning for an MVP, and so that helped him. This season, I just think Joel's going to put up numbers that are completely out of this universe on a per game basis in particular he's going to be going nuts uh Halliburton goes three which I actually think maybe makes more sense on the roto side you guys know I love Halliburton this year I think he's going to have a monster season um I think he actually is an easier player to build around with roto because of the really good percentages and then Luca goes fourth who's probably the easier player to build around in head-to-head But at that point, you are kind of saying, all right, I'm probably not going to be attacking turnovers like a juggernaut here. Jason Tatum goes fifth. The only surprise there being that Shea went behind him. You can flip those guys. They're kind of going in any direction, and they do. Tatum at five, Shea Gilgis-Alexander at six. Giannis goes seven. That's Tourette, and Steph Curry very quickly comes off the board at eight. Interestingly, later on this week, we're going to be talking to Rhett uh, about his favorite punt strategies, which I know are punt free throws, and I believe the other one is punt threes. He can probably tell me if I'm screwing that one up. So uh, he falls right into that bucket out of the chute. Trey Young goes nine, very early for Trey. Again, a much easier play to build around in head-to-head, but certainly earlier than I would take him in the first round because, honestly, he's probably there coming back to this dude uh, at 16, but I guess we'll see. LaMelo Ball at 10, kind of a similarly structured player to Trey Young, better defensive stats, better rebounding, lower assists, and Dame Lillard goes 11. A couple of things to note in the first round. Shea got bumped up again on the Yahoo pre-rank board. Just something to keep in mind. He's now back up to four. Kyrie got bumped up to eight, but still has not come off the board. DeJounte Murray goes 12. Whoa. Let's not get too wild here. I know it's a mock draft, but uh, yowza. Uh, um, That one caught me by surprise, I'll admit. Mark, by the way, our guest from yesterday's show is in the chat room saying Rhett listened to the punt free throw pod. (laughs) You know, those two guys were actually going to sort of fight it out, I think, for who got to do the punt free throw episode with me. And it just so happened that Mark got on the show first, so... It's a game of dibs, man. You call shotgun, you just get to ride in the front seat. Demontis Sabonis goes 13th. Pretty reasonable spot for him. Kevin Durant falls all the way to 14th. Anthony Davis at 15. And I know it's head-to-head, so I know we have all these injury fears, but uh, that's real deep down the board for those guys. Anthony Edwards at 16. That's generally a reasonable spot for him. And Kyrie Irving finally comes off the board at pick 17. A whopper of a value. Everybody's saying, I don't give a you-know-what that Yahoo's got him ranked at eight now. We still don't like him. We still don't trust him, which is funny to me because I actually trust Kyrie more than a lot of these guys that break down every seven games. Kyrie just takes a day off. At least you know he's coming back healthy in the next one. I was interested to see what uh, what Rhett would be doing with uh, his second rounder, and he went Devin Booker in an interesting little twist to pair, 
I can't wait to talk to Rhett later this week about some of the stuff from this mock draft. Booker's interesting because, yes, he is good at free throws. He's not going to cover up what Giannis is doing, but he's a high field goal percent guy. He gets you assists. He gets you a lot of scoring, and he is not a prolific three-point shooter. But if Rhett now decides he wants to attack threes, he still has a pathway to do it. So just kind of sounding that one out as we go. Donovan Mitchell goes 19. I like him as a mid-second rounder. Safe, very safe play. There goes Mikhail Bridges, who in my estimation falls into the same Demonis Sabonis, Anthony Edwards universe of, okay, maybe these guys aren't inside the top 20 per game, but they're probably going to play 75 games or more. And especially on the head-to-head side, you got to get somebody at the top of the board that's actually logging minutes on a basketball court. JJJ goes 21. I like him towards the end of the second round as a nice value. Freddie Van Vliet goes 22, and now it's my turn. So if I didn't have Embiid, if I didn't have a risk in the first round, I'd probably go Kawhi here. But because I do, I want to take a... I'll probably go Desmond Bain, and I'll throw him in the queue in case I talk for too long. Um, I think Bain's going to have an amazing first 25 games. I think he'll just parlay that into a great season altogether. Um, and I'm not super worried about like what my team is good or not good at yet. I just want guys that are going to be posting excellent numbers, and I think Bain's going to have a really good year. Now, what I'm looking at at 26 is possibly another riskier play. We'll see who gets back to me there. But Jamal Murray goes 24. Some old dude is going to get to me at 26. The question is whether or not I want to take them. And then the debate becomes, as Victor Wembanyama goes off at 25, Do I? who do I want here? Do I want to go Towns and have a couple of bigs? Do I go Kawhi, which is massive risk, but a ridiculous per-game upside, which is kind of the direction I'm leaning right now? Uh, Do I think Harden ends up in a good spot and plays in more ball games? No, that scares me a bit. Uh, So I'm probably going Kawhi and hoping that we get, you know, low to mid-60 out of him. It's going to be tough for my team, I'll admit that, and I'm going to have to go pretty safe the rest of the way. I've sort of blown my risk opportunity. I'm trying not to use a, uh, a gross expression here on a mock that I think is going to be fairly well trafficked. But now I've got all the risk I can handle, basically for my whole team. I personally think that Embiid and Kawhi get over 60 games logged this year. And if they do, they'll be fine. The question, of course, on head-to-head is when do those games happen? And I think the Clippers are going to need Kawhi playing at most of the games down the stretch. I don't think they're going to have like a top three seed locked up I think they're going to want to be attacking and they're not going to push him so hard that he gets hurt but I do think they're going to be making a pretty good run at it we just lost a couple of people from the draft I don't know what the hell just happened where'd they go that's going to be frustrating hopefully they get back in or we're going to we'll pull the plug on this one earlier than expected um Towns went right after me that makes sense then Jimmy Butler James Harden all the old guys rolling up in a row high upside risk type stuff. Pascal Siakam goes 31, uh, again, sort of falling into that free throw situation. We're keeping one eye on Rhett's team here as we go. LeBron goes 32. I am petrified of LeBron James this year. Petrified. You heard it here, man. Uh, I'm I'm in like strict fade mode on Braun. I think his threes probably get better, and so maybe that then helps his field goal percent, but we also have to factor in Just the year-over-year erosion of a man who's approaching 40. Bam Adebayo goes 33. Paul George, 34. That's probably deep enough in a draft to take Paul. I've lost track of who's auto-drafting, but I'm hoping it's not as ugly as I think it is. Cade goes 35. 
Wow, this thing's really shuttling along. Let me get the draft board up for you guys so you can see what's been happening and what's what's about to happen. Uh, Vooch goes 36. I think we just lost another team. What's going on here, guys? Come on. I'm talking about this draft in real time. I need effort. I need effort, damn it. Oh, no, he's back in. Uh, Darius Garland at 37. He's been moving up the board. Part of the Yahoo rearrange has been Garland uh, getting a little bit of a push forward. Uh, his pre-rank is 39 now. Mobley at 38. De'Aaron Fox at 39. Those guys are pretty safe. Julius Randle at 40. Um, that's a team that's probably punting field goal percent, taking a look at it. Not great in either percentage, actually. Uh, a little bit more points leaguey, honestly. Drew Holiday at 41 is totally fine in the 40s if you don't have a super old team already, but that team actually is kind of old. I think that might that might be the auto paint team. So in the words of the great Bob Euchre and Major League, the hell with it. We'll move on. Hey, take a moment mid-show if you could to drop a like and subscribe on this thing. Uh, and if you're listening on a, a recorded channel, please do uh, rate and subscribe. Much appreciated. I know there's a nice chunk of you guys tuning in live, so hit the button. It's quite helpful for us. See if we can blow this bad boy out of the water. Jalen Brown goes 42 again. Lower free throw guy. If you're keeping one eye on Rhett's team right there, kind of in the middle of your, your board, we'll talk to him about how to build out these various punt teams. This one's more certainly more free throw than anything else. Miles Turner goes 43, which is a guy I was kind of thinking might get back to me. Zach Levine goes a little earlier than usual at 44. Jalen Brunson at 45. Let's take a look over at the players that are left on the board. Because I really have no choice but to go extraordinarily safe. Basically for like the next three rounds. DeMar would be safe. And he's still on the board. So he'll almost definitely be my pick here. Um, other safe plays? Eh, not super clear in terms of the guy. Like, Kristaps at 47 would be a no-brainer if I didn't already have Joel and Kawhi. And if this was a Roto League, I probably would go Porzingis. But this head-to-head. -head, so I need somebody that I feel like is going to be out there. In and competing nightly. Uh, my team is really good in scoring. You get uh, steals. I'm in pretty decent shape in threes. Bain hits a bunch. Kawhi hits a few. Embiid is, is like one-ish. Uh, but I can shore up threes a little bit later on. I like my percentages. Free throw percent is awesome. Field goal percent is pretty damn good for my team. So definitely not punting either of those. And right now, I, I looking at my team, the weak spot would probably be assists. But all four of my guys are okay to slightly better than okay in that department. So I should be able to shore up assists with sort of one durable, true point guard. Or I go the other way. But centers are still out there. I know my team's not outstanding at rebounding, but I'm not super worried about that because there's still plenty of options available as Bradley Beal goes 48. By the way, Jordan Poole was the player that went right in front of DeMar at 46. And Brandon Ingram goes 49, which I'm good with because I had no intention of drafting him anyway. Uh, Chet Holmgren would be a really interesting grab here. Same with Porzingis, who's still there. OG is interesting, but I, you know none of those guys are guys that I can really fully trust to play all season. Um, this is a really tough spot. I probably go down the board and just take Maxi a little early here. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's not going to have a two-month absence in the middle of the year. So I'll reach a little. And I'll get some Tyrese. And he's another guy that I think is going to have okay assists this season. 
And we just we keep losing and gaining people in this draft. I thought we were back down to two autos, and now we're back up to three again. So I, I'm thinking about how far I want to take this thing. I'll put the draft board back up there. We're in the fifth round now. We'll go at least six. Oh, the dude just who lost his connection just popped back in. Let's see if he has time to make a selection. Nope, I think he got autoed, Porzingis. So one of the things that I'm learning here from this draft, I'll tell you, and, and this will probably apply a little bit on the Roto side, but certainly head-to-head, if you don't have early risks, you can get Porzingis at the end of the fourth, which is a hell of a grab. Nick Claxton goes 52. Walker Kessler goes 53. He was a player that I was kind of semi-looking at. Uh, and my team can certainly weather a free-throw storm now. If I wanted to take someone that wasn't quite as good at foul shooting, but it's unclear who's actually going to get back my way as this thing shuttles along. Three straight centers, by the way, taken 51, 52, and 53. And if you're thinking, oh, no, well, as Ananobi goes off at 54, Holmgren was still on the board. He just went at 55. Scotty Barnes goes 56. You still have DeAndre Ayton. You still have Jared Allen. You still have Alperin Shengun in the near term. You still have Gobert, Brooke Lopez, Clint Capella as the next chunk of centers towards the end of the 60s. Wow, that's early on Buddy Heald. The Eagles is going a little bit buck wild in this draft. Rudy Gobert gets taken early at 58. By the way, again, if you're watching Rhett, he ended up with Chet Holmgren here on this board. I don't know how clear that is to, to see in front of you. Uh, Zion goes 59. He's been going earlier of late. Was dropping into the 80 range at the start of our mock season, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll end up with Zion this year. Now he's going in the 50s again, and I will no longer be ending up with Zion this year. DeAndre Ayton goes 60. Franz Wagner, 61. Josh Giddy goes 62. Devin Vassell flying along here at 63. Now we had a couple of autos in there, so that sped it up. Again, later today, we're going to be talking about the rearranged Yahoo draft board. Paolo goes 64. Jared Allen gets autoed at 65. And now Mr. Bowers on the clock. Where does he go here in a punt free throw build? What, what does his team still need is the question. Let's see draft board on Rhett. Staring him down. As Jun Woo left the draft. Chris Paul, Rhett, you son of a gun. That was a guy I was going to use to shore up my assists. I'm coming up here, so I'm going to flip back over to the draft board. And we're, again, back down to, I think the June, I think Jun Woo might pop back in, and we might be back down to two or sometimes one autos. Uh, I still have an assists issue. Um, they're fine, but not great. I mean, everybody, I'm, even my guards are like 46% or better. So I'm not super worried about percentages. Shangun goes off at 67. I've seen him go in the 50s, which sounds crazy early to me. I guess I could take a stab at some more blocks, throw on top of Embiid's blocks. That's where I'm at here. Starting to look at categories a little bit. It's a head-to-head -head league. You want to try to figure out what you're good, what you're bad at. My team is not, I don't think, outstanding at any one thing. Pretty damn good at scoring, I would say. Free throw percent is excellent. Field goal percent is pretty good as uh, Cam Johnson at 68 and Chris Middleton at 69. Rebounds could use a little boost. Blocks could use a little boost. Steals are pretty good. Between uh, Kawhi, Bane's okay, not great. Demar's okay. 
All right, so you're probably looking at defensive stats here um, as Jalen Williams comes off the board, and that would have been an interesting player to grab on the defensive side. Assists as well, so Tyus Jones is on the board as an intriguing one. Brooke Lopez, if I wanted to go blocks. Jeremy Grant, if you wanted to pile up a few more of the sort of scoring type stuff. But, man, this is a tough one because there are a lot of guys I really like in the next 10 picks. Let's go Tyus because I think he's least likely to get back to me of the guys that I'm eyeballing here. But, I mean, the list is like, I think Derek White should be decent. I'm not probably going to Hero until we know where he ends up, but Brolo should bet should better than this slot. Grant should beat it. Uh, Pirtle, I think, should beat it, his, his draft slot. McCollum, I'm not super into. Simons, if you wanted to go farther down and do a little reaching, but I think I'm set on what the stuff that he brings to the board. Fultz, Tobias Harris, Gafford, all these guys are really interesting. Scoot, Jabari Smith Jr., a couple of young dudes off the board in front of me. So I pretty much have a choice of all these guys I was looking at. Which one do I want the most? I'm probably looking at who I think actually has the best season on a per-game basis, and that's probably Brooke Lopez. And I don't need him to be a magical field goal percent guy. But if I go Brolo here, I'm probably kicking rebounds to the curb. That's the decision here between that and, and going Jakob Pertl. So we'll go Brooke Lopez. He's been pretty good from a durability standpoint, other than the one season he missed with the back stuff. And we'll just kind of pray that that holds up. Uh, will I regret not going Jakob Pertl? Um, I think at this point I'm attacking free throw percent. Like, that feels like a category that I should win almost every week with the team I've built. So I kind of want to avoid blowing that up for one shot blocking or defensive or rebounding center. So it's possible that I might kind of pivot into a little bit of a... And it's not a field goal percent punt because my team's actually okay in that too. I might pivot a little bit into a rebounding punt, which is weird when you start with Embiid. But again, if you're constantly taking guys that you think are the best players on the board, you, you just sort of, you don't really know where everything's going to take you. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. We got a long way to go before it comes back to me, and we got three auto-draft teams. So I think I'll probably go round seven and eight, and then I'll probably pull the plug on this one. Um... Quick reminder again to hit the like and subscribe button. I'm going to keep trying to do these things as we go. A couple of notes from the chat room. Uh, Mehmet. 
hey, which players should be the primary targets for punt field goal and punt rebound? We'll get into the punt stuff a little bit later on this week. Um, I don't know that we have a punt rebounding uh, expert lined up. You're actually seeing a little bit of a punt rebound take shape here where you end up not usually with Embiid. You probably end up with someone like a JJJ as one of your centers. Uh, Porzingis, Brooke Lopez are big guys that all can shoot 50%, so you're not necessarily punting field goal, but you're probably not getting many rebounds in that juncture, so that's kind of the big man crop for that. Uh, what was the other part of that? Punt field goal. Yeah, I mean, you know, you saw some teams do it early on in this one, like building around Dame, LaMelo, Cade, Trey. Those are early punt field goal type of guys, but we'll get into more punt stuff as we go. Those Those will get their own shows. Yeah, Mark says KP would have been fun there. Yeah, if you can get Porzingis at 50, you kind of have to do it. The only thing that I the only thing that stopped me was that I had Kawhi and Embiid early. And so you've got so much injury risk there that you know, what's the point? Can't do another one. Dem Bird says I should punt threes with this team. Yeah, I could. That's still a possibility. I also think you can kind of make up threes. Like I think Maxi's going to have a handful this year. Uh, Bain was, what was he at? He was a three last season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a three last year, and he'll be higher than that with Jaw out. Um, what was Maxie's final number on threes last year? He was at almost three also. So I don't think I necessarily need to, because Brooke Lopez will get one and change. Embiid will probably get, what was he at, one last year? One on the nose. So my center's actually hit a couple of threes, and Kawhi's like two... Tyus Jones doesn't hit many, so there's that, and DeRozan doesn't hit many. But I don't, I don't think I have to here. I think it'd be a pretty easy one to make up as we get into this part of the draft, because like, you know, Simons is still on the board. You guys have been seeing the names come off, but I haven't announced them, which is not great broadcast work by me. So after Mia Brook Lopez, here's the run of them: Jeremy Grant went uh, round seven, pick three, then Fultz, Jakob Pertl, Derek White, Clint Capella. Tyler Hero, Zach Collins, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, and CJ McCollum finished out the seventh round. And again, we have three autos going, so this will be the last round that I'm participating in because I don't think we're getting accurate assessments of where a lot of these guys are going uh, and how many will actually get back to you because players that people don't want are getting autoed at this point. Eighth round, Okongwu, first pick of the eighth. You know what? Team 12 might have set a queue and then just set himself to auto. No, Team 12 is here now. Well, I guess we're back down to only two autos. What the hell, people? Stop in and stop doing the in and out stuff. Uh, Jalen Duran, second pick of the eighth round. Then Clay Thompson, Daniel Gafford, Jalen Green. And that gets us up to date now with Rhett, who took Clint Capella, by the way, in the last one. And that's the thing with punt builds is there are all these centers at this juncture that don't hit threes and don't hit free throws. So you've got choices. Andrew Wiggins was the pick. A poor free throw shooter. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. I'm fifth off the, the pace here right now. I, you know, we'll keep it going. As long as we stick at two autos, we'll, we'll kind of we'll try to keep this thing going, see what happens. Uh, one other note from the chat room. Zoe says, hey, Mark, what point guard would you rather have, Levine or Jamal Murray? So they're just talking in the chat room now. I'll tell you, I would uh, probably have Zach Levine because I think Denver's going to be in finals hangover mode. 
after Andrew Wiggins goes Michael Porter Jr., Anthony Simons, Mark Williams. Simons made it almost all the way back. That was surprising. He's going he's gonna to be a bit of a monster this year. All right, so Tobias Harris is interesting, given the James Harden stuff. Um, Mitch Robb, if you want to show up your center, is cool here. He got sort of pushed down the board a tiny bit in the latest rearrange. Um, John Collins, I think, should actually have a decent season. DeAnthony Melton with what's going on in Philadelphia. If people are watching this live and they're going to take my guys, I, I don't. I don't actually care. Uh, so now the question is, which of these guys do I think won't get back to me in like four picks? So the one that I, I feel like I kind of have to get off the... Well, I think they probably all get back to me. Oh, I better put a star on somebody. Ugh. Okay, I wasn't probably going to go Tobias. I ended up just talking for too long there. So I, I sort of... I, I jammed myself into a hole. Stop talking, Dan. Make your actual pick. Kuzma and Reeves, by the way, went in between my two. The one guy I don't want to miss out on if James Harden gets traded is DeAnthony Melton. So he's at the top of my board in this group of players right now. I don't think I have to scroll down much yet, although it's possible. Um, behind him, I would probably go Mitch Rob, but I, like I said, I'm probably punting rebounds at this point, uh, so that's not all that important. Collins would be intriguing as the next one, who's a higher percentages guy, but I, I think I want Melton and his steals and sort of the around the the across-the-board stuff. Whoops, didn't mean to star those two guys. Um, again, we're sticking at two auto-picks in this thing, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it going for now. Let's see here. Um, Dem Bird says, kind of have to take Jaw at pick 100. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends a little bit on settings, but yeah. Um, still not off the board. Uh... I guess the issue there is, like, I mean, does this league have IL Plus? For Yahoo, probably doesn't. Um, does this league have three IL slots for the Yahoo Public Prize Leagues? They do. Um, you're going to have other injuries, so you're going to want to make sure you have room on your IL. I, I just I really hate stashing guys at the beginning of the season. After my Melton, it went Mitch Robb, Trey Jones, John Collins, and then the Time Lord. So we're now at pick 102. It's it's really, it's one of my tenets of drafting. I loathe, loathe taking injured guys to start a year. Absolutely detest it. It just, it puts you in such a tough spot, you know? Like, what if you have three guys get hurt over the next week or two? And suddenly you have to take zeros in a Yahoo Public Prize League? That's devastating. Absolutely devastating to take zeros in a Yahoo League. Because almost almost nobody is taking them. Because it's short benches, deep IL. Meaning you you got to make sure you don't have three injured players. And so you wipe one of those slots out early. You're just like, you're rolling the dice. And you know you're going to be sitting on jaw for seven weeks, basically. Like, you ain't back quick. He doesn't really fit my build here, I'll say that, but my team could absorb his free throw shooting, so it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, but I, again, I just like, he's he's gone, by the way, now. He, he's off the board, but that's why I, I struggle with that. Jaw went right after we were talking about it. So Rhett's stashing. Rhett's going stash mode here. Miles Bridges, Keldon Johnson, who I really don't like at all. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, 
Wendell Carter Jr., Keegan Murray finishes off the ninth round. Now we're basically caught up. Bobby Portis, first player off in the 10th. He'll plod along. So we're at the part of a draft now, and, and like with the autos, that's going to screw us up a little bit. And we're back up to three auto. DP keeps joining and leaving. I don't know if it's a computer issue or just like checking in while doing work. How many folks are at work right now doing this mock? I don't know, but I thank you for it. But Ja isn't injured, says Dembirds. All you need is for him to be healthy for the playoffs, and at 100, it's low risk. Yeah, but how often does Ja go more than three weeks without being injured? That's another fear there. He, dude, plays 75% of his games when he comes into the season with 82 on the docket. I'm I'm nervous about the jaw thing, which is saying a lot because I ended up with Kawhi Leonard in this draft. Uh, Shaden Sharp at 110, then Aaron Gordon, Jaden McDaniels, and Jonas Valanciunas as we sort of weave our way back towards me. Then Bruce Brown, who I actually like at 114. Not many guys left. Uh, now you're looking at taking a swing. Is anybody you see on the board here someone you think could actually jump? Uh, well, we probably need to start scrolling down a little bit, which means I need to talk less. But I actually think D'Angelo Russell is not as awful as everybody thinks it's going to be for him this year. He'll settle in. Um, so he's on my list. Not necessarily my favorite, but I just want to put some stars on folks. I think Josh Hart could be okay. Probably not great now that they brought in DiVincenzo, but he's still kind of their guy. Uh... Trey Murphy the third, Gary Trent Jr., the next two names on the board. Colin Sexton, uh, it, like if you need points at this juncture, I get it. So I'll throw him on our list. Not my favorite. Mike Conley, oops, wrong guy there. Mike Conley will be steering the boat as Josh Hart got selected. Um, how much time do we have to scroll down? Obi Toppin, I think, should get off to a, a reasonable start. There goes D'Lo also in Indiana. Don't know how that season's going to play out for him, but I think the beginning should be somewhat uh, useful. Uh, even Ben Simmons, I don't know if I'd go round 10, but we're not too far off from making that plunge. Christian Wood is also a late round flyer, as is Paul Reed. Um, I'll probably go Conley because I know I got a, uh, I got an assist issue here, but there's minimal upside with him. So that does make it tough. Oops. I got put on auto pick. Who did I end up with here? Colin Sexton. <laughs> Oops. Should have resorted those guys. Not a huge fan of Sexton at 119. His his fantasy game just doesn't lend itself to upside. So we'll just pretend that that one didn't happen there. Yeah, just pretend that one. Tobias Harris, I I talked too long also. Oh, it's me again. It's me again. Don't talk too long, Dan. I just I kind of wanted to show you guys the players that I'm I'm scrolling down and putting on the board at this juncture. Um, I think Christian Wood and Paul Reed are probably the guys you'd want to take a look at at 122. I'll go Christian Wood um, because you know he's going to have to play in L.A. He's, you know, he's like the team's fourth best offensive player. And he's got his issues, uh, but they'll find a way to run him alongside A.D. because A.D. can cover up some of those. Um, with Paul Reed, I, I think it's going to be, it's worth a shot. I also think that they're sort of saying all the right things in Philly about Paul Reed, but I think ultimately the lineups are going to feel kind of clunky when they run too big. We'll see. And there he goes. He went right after me. So, I mean, I, I strongly considered it. Uh, we have a minute or two here to, to kind of just slowly scroll down the board. There goes Conley. So my, my cue is getting chewed up. Let's go back up to the top here. A little surprise Spencer Dinwiddie's there. Now that, now that we're past 120, Oh, there he goes. Bye-bye. I forgot we had some auto picks happening. 
Uh, we got three teams autoing now, which means the end of this board is not going to be super useful for you. So don't worry too much about who I actually get or even the order that the players are going off. Just look at what who are the guys here where you're giving them thought. Brogdon, if he gets moved, is the hope in that juncture because he's got the arm stuff and it seems like he and the Celtics have kind of soured on each other. Uh, you already see in my in my corner here, Ben Simmons, Obi Toppin are two guys that I'm eyeballing. P.J. Washington is worth a look. Norman Powell, if he gets traded, would be intriguing. Um, KCP is your sort of plotter. I'll throw him on the board, but he's not someone I'm really all that excited about. Tari Eason, intrigued. Um, both Thompsons, Gordon Hayward. Ugh. I don't think I can put Gordon Hayward on my team. We'll put a star on him just because he's like, oh, never know, maybe he magically looks young again this year. Sure doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Uh, let's keep scrolling, see if we come across some of those names. It's, I mean, this is the thing. This is why the Yahoo pre-ranked board is, is so influential is because they move these names around every two weeks, and then you just got to re-scan it and make sure that you're not scrolling over anybody that you had previously looked at. So there's, uh, and there goes Thompson. Uh, Schroeder comes off the board here. Sorry, I know it's hard to track what order these guys are going in. Uh, they bumped almost everybody up to, like, the area where people can see them now. There aren't too many guys that are down in this, this 200 range anymore. Like, this is where some of these dudes started, but they've all since pushed their way up the board. And honestly, you probably don't really need to go this far down in a Yahoo draft. These guys, you can all just come back and grab off a waiver wire if you really wanted to oh there goes Obi top and he almost made it all the way back there goes norman powell so that's the will he get traded pick i'm not by the way i'll I, i'll say this i'm not that excited about kelly Oubre jr i know we philly signed him and a bunch of folks came out on twitter and like oh he's gonna chuck his way to value not on that team he ain't no He's, he's filling gaps on that club. He's going to have to be a very different version of himself if he wants to see actual playing time. I'm a little bit intrigued by Javon Carter. I don't know what sort of action he's going to see in Chicago, but again, I think he's a guy you'll be able to get off the wire. My turn. Um, th I mean, there's really... This is this is Dookie left on the board, um, so I I'll probably just go Brogdon or Hayward. I'll go Hayward because he's probably going to play, and then the question is, does he look super-duper old? And if he does, then you just throw him away because this is a 12th-round pick anyway. Uh, and then here at the end, yeah, I mean, there just isn't a whole lot left. You could go a Linux and hope that maybe he wedges himself mid-20s and minutes in between Collins and, and Kessler and that sort. Put a star on him. I don't think Jonathan Kaminga sees a ton of a big bump in playing time. Dylan Brooks doesn't have the per-game upside you're hunting for. None of these guys do. I mean, that's that's a thing. We're at the tail end of a draft. This is this is uh, the dregs. Matisse Thibault's not an insane option. Not as awesome for head-to-head. -head. I get it. You want the counting stats, but that's something out there. Jalen Suggs has a little bit of intrigue. Uh, but again, we're... Oh, Brogdon comes off the board. Um, so whatever, we'll just go Pope. I'll get a guy who's going to roll at, you know, 95 range the entire season and actually play pretty much every day. And that's cool. So, uh, let's throw the draft board up there so you guys can see where this thing finished up. 
And quickly, a couple of questions from over in the chat room. Zoe says, does Ja move up the board a little in games cap Roto? No, because he's actually not that great for Roto. It's a weird little tweak. Jaw's that guy where the real-life value doesn't really ever meet the uh, the fantasy number. He was ranked 93 last year, and a lot of that's because his field goal percent, free throw percent, and turnovers were dragging things down. And so for Roto, that's tough, man, because you can't really get rid of all three of those and expect to win your Roto League. Steven Adams, last pick for rebounds and punt free throw percent. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like if, if you're punting. By the way, if you guys are curious what Rhett did the rest of the way, after Wiggins, he went Ja, Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin, Homer, Homer pick, Rhett, <laughs> for Bruce and Benedict, uh, Ozer Thompson in Detroit, and then Jeremy Sohan was his uh, his last rounder. Uh, let's see, if you're punting free throws, yes, Adams is excellent, says Mark in the chat room. Nico says, would you trade your Embiid for Holmgren and Mikhail Bridges? I would not. Joel Embiid, I believe is going to be the number one player on a per-game basis in fantasy this year. So I'm just praying he gets me to about 64 ball games because I think that would be a massive, massive season for him. Holmgren is probably uh, per-game somewhere between 25 and 50. Bridges somewhere between 20 and 35 or 40. Those guys together on a per-game don't come anywhere near the impact that a guy like Joel Embiid has. You want those guys at the top of the board. They're unbelievably valuable. Head-to-head, roto, whatever. They just carry such an intense weight, such a huge burden, and also at the same time the opposite of that because, like, Embiid, big-time positives in basically everything besides three-pointers, and even that he was fine for a center, getting you one a ball game. He's a really easy player, I think, to build around. Uh, we just need to make sure he stays upright. And you know what? If you're worried... Because I don't think he's going to be hurt to start the year. If you're really worried about Joel Embiid and you drafted him anyway, you could just let him go nuts for six or seven weeks, and you could probably trade him for a different first-rounder and maybe someone else if he's the number one guy this year. Like, I think there's a very real chance that Joel Embiid is the number one per-game player in fantasy because I think oh, Jokic and their Nuggets as a whole are probably going to just kind of dial things down a little itty-bitty bit. And Embiid, if Harden's not around, is going to have to do more. 20 shots and 12 free throws last year, and to think that he might actually need to do more. What more is there? All right, hope you guys got a good look at the draft board. Um, trying to scroll up and down so you can kind of see uh, everything, not necessarily all at once, but uh, I'll put a few of these. I'll list some of the picks on Twitter as well, uh, which, again, in case you have trouble seeing it, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, over on social media. I hope you guys will find me over there, because, again, I'll type up some of these picks that just happened. Maybe and throw, if you have some questions on it, we can throw some analysis on there. Uh, we can probably get Rhett to pop on social later on today when uh, his central time workday is done, so 3 p.m. my way. Um, should be a fun one. Uh, coming up later on today, we'll have another show here on YouTube and on our recorded channels. We'll break down the new Yahoo board. They did it again. Oops. They did it again. I am at Dan Vespers. Please like and subscribe on your way out. There's actually a number of you that have been popping in and out watching today's mock. I think it's maybe our most well-trafficked one to date, which means we must be under a month from the NBA season. Under a month! <laughs> Media day is like a week away, guys. That's good stuff. Okay, I'm Dan. I'm out.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.